Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Initiative Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jim O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to Podcast 35. You know, I've been pondering doing this episode for a while. I knew 35 was coming, obviously. You did too if you've been following us, but I don't know what to title it. So I'm sure later when I go to launch this thing, I will have worked out a title and hopefully it'll attract people to listen to what we're talking about this time. And if you're listening now, you you can sit back and um, enjoy. Uh, but um, I wanted to, I know I'm just kind of stumbling here, but the genesis of this is this concept that I've heard and seen in the gun community, at least from time to time, and it kind of irks me when I hear it. And I'll just say it because it's one of the things that I wanted to to talk about today anyway. And that is, you know, gun control takes away our right to self-defense. And, and I'm paraphrasing, right? And You'll see that typically in context of talking about women owning guns and being able to own guns and access gun for their own guns for their own self-defense. And I get the sentiment, but we need to separate emotionally charged statements f- like that with reality. And look, the ownership of a gun in the gun community and the anti-gun community, you know, there's a lot of emotionally charged feelings and sentiments out there. So, um, but yeah, I wanted to spend today and maybe not dispel fallacies, but just keep things real and be honest as I can about purchasing a gun. And, you know, firearm sales here recently with everything going on is seems to be doing pretty good. And, you know, it's hard to even find firearms uh, some of the time now, along with ammo. And look, I I encourage you to purchase a firearm, um, assuming that you have a desire to learn how to use it and learn how to use it safely and responsibly. Um, and look, you know, you can purchase a firearm for a lot of different reasons. Uh, sometimes just going to the range and shooting paper. I mean, I love to shoot. I've been shooting since I was a kid and, you know, going to the range and spending some time just mindlessly plugging away at some paper targets is a lot of fun. And, you know, going with your friends and family and shooting and enjoying that experience together is a hoot. And, you know, for me, I find shooting cathartic sometimes. I It's it's stress relieving uh, for me. And maybe that makes me a weirdo, but that wouldn't be the first time. Um, and, you know, you can buy a firearm to shoot competition. Um if you haven't shot, you got to kind of work your way up to that point. But, um, you know, that's another reason to own a firearm. Uh, hunting, obviously, is a reason to have a firearm, own a firearm and know how to use it. And again, safely. But today we're going to be talking about purchasing and owning firearms for the purpose of self-defense. If you think you're capable of doing that, you know, when you carry a gun or own a gun for self-defense, things change. And look, Training and safety is important no matter why you have a firearm. They're not a toy. They're a tool, but they're not a toy. And so, you know, part of this talk today is, you know, the importance of is going to be about the importance of getting the proper training and handling firearm safety, which if you've been following us for a while, we've talked about gun safety before. But with that, I just want to drop a few honest pieces of information so if maybe you've got a firearm in the house and you've thought about staging them for home protection or maybe you're just now purchasing a firearm uh, and you've decided to purchase it for yourself for yourself for personal protection of yourself and your family whether you're going to be putting it in the house or carrying it on your person 
Um, or maybe you've owned guns for a while and because you own them and have them in your house, you think that's good enough and, um, it's going to do you some good when the time comes. But with that, uh, I just want to drop these few things on you. So, you know, first and foremost, whether you've just had a gun or you're getting close to making the decision to purchase a gun for yourself because you feel compelled with things the way they are right now. Uh, the first thing that I would say to you is that a firearm, a gun may make you feel better about things and it may make you feel safer when you get it in your possession. It's in your car, it's in your bedroom, it's on your person, but a gun does not make you safer automatically, right? A gun does not make you safer. And, you know, going back to what I started this out and what I said was kind of the inspiration of me doing this podcast is that if guns didn't exist or they enacted all kinds of crazy gun control acts and made it very difficult for those of us that have and own guns and use them responsibly, um, even if guns didn't exist, you still have the right to defend yourself, the right to self-defense, the right to build up your safety, personal safety plan. And you still have a means of defending yourselves. A gun isn't the only tool out there. And arguably the most important tools are the, or is the things that are in between your two ears. And we'll talk about some of that later in a bit as well. And then the last thing, which I personally think is the most important part point uh, that I want to try to make with everyone today is owning a gun, whether it's in your house or on your person, owning a gun does not absolve you from all of your other personal safety responsibilities and things that you need to be taking, doing and taking care of to protect yourself and your loved ones. Let me say that again. Owning a gun does not absolve you from all your other personal safety responsibilities. And so you say, what does all that mean? Why, why are you making this point? I don't want people to uh, have, you know, the wrong idea about owning a gun or not owning a gun. Um, as I said, the genesis of this whole thing is this silly notion that if you take away my guns, I won't have the right to defend myself anymore or I'll have no way to defend myself anymore. And that simply isn't true. First of all, a gun is just a tool like any other. And most of the time, it's not going to be your go-to. Like things have to have gone really, really bad for you to need to escalate to the point where you're pulling a firearm on somebody to defend yourself in the first place. So if guns went away, you still have the right to defend yourself and you still have a lot of means to do so. But um, I just want to talk about um, a gun being a tool and look, like any other tool, screwdriver, hammer, power drill, whatever, you need to not only know how to use that tool, but you need to know when to use that tool. And what do I mean by that? Well, obviously, you need to know how, to, how your gun works, how to use it safely, how it operates, get used to the bang and the recoil, all the usual stuff. But the when part, I think, is neglected a lot of the times. And that's when to use the tool. You know, I know how to use a screwdriver and I know that when there's a loose screw or something I'm trying to tighten up or, you know, 
put a screw into a piece of wood, I know I can use a screwdriver to tighten or loosen that screw down. Same with a hammer. I know I bang on the nail of the head, uh, nail of the um, head of the nail, right? Can't talk today. Uh, with a hammer, and I know that when I go to hang my picture, I can nail that nail <laughs> into the wall using a hammer. Same thing with a gun. A gun is no different. It's a tool, and even if you know how to use it, uh, which is a big part of it, you need to know when. And if you don't know both how and when to use a firearm, you might wind up getting hurt or worse, right? And, you know, like I said, sort of buying a gun is not the end of your personal safety journey or the pursuit of self-defense. If you think all you need to do is go buy the gun and eh, I got it now I'm safe, you're sadly mistaken. Without proper training and knowing what to do and how to do it and when to do it, uh, the gun's not really going to do you any good at all. And as I already mentioned, too, getting ahead of the game a little bit, a gun is not really a go-to tool um, and arguably it's, it's only a last resort and, you know, just to dispel this fallacy right off the bat, um, there's no guarantee, even if every situation warranted a firearm, which it certainly does not, there's no guarantees that a firearm's going to work. They could malfunction, right? Maybe it's not, maybe you haven't kept it as clean as you should. Maybe you got a batch of bad ammo. Uh, maybe there was a complete catastrophic mechanical f failure with the firearm um you know or or you know using a gun is not doesn't mean it's automatically going to be effective you know even shooting someone in the head may not do the intended or the expected uh damage that you thought it would and stop things in that moment and look because we're very fortunate and that bad things rarely happen we have the luxury to get a tool and not think about it twice. Um, and, we, and we have the luxury to <laughs> talk a lot of shit about what we would do and how things are going to go down. And I'd just shoot them in the face or I'd be, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six, all of that stuff. But the realities of it is it's only because bad things, especially bad things that would necessitate or warrant warrant us using a firearm in the first place are few and far between. So just keep that sort of stuff in check, too, and know that, you know, when and if the time does come, it's a lot different than you might think it is. And, you know, the mindset thing. Have you thought about what to do? Have you thought through scenarios? Have you thought about how you would respond? Do you know you're capable of using a firearm? Because if you got a firearm to hurt somebody or I'll just shoot them in the leg or arm, you, you don't need to have a gun for personal safety. You don't need to have a gun for self-defense. A gun is not used to hurt someone. A gun is used to stop the threat. And when you get some training, you'll understand more about what that means. And look, just because you elect to carry a gun doesn't mean you're a badass, right? You still have work to do to avoid bad situations. And when you own a firearm, your level of responsibility goes through the roof, right? And you should want to avoid things because the last thing anybody should want to have to do is pull a gun on somebody else and use it. You know, uh, like we've talked about, uh, a gun is just a tool any other. You know, it's, it's a piece of hardware. And you could make 
the argument that there's other tools that might even be better for your choice, your purposes than a gun. You know, some might say a knife is better uh, with little to no training. You can affect a lot of damage with a knife if things got to that point. But again, things have to have gone really bad to get to the point where you're using the potential deadly force on someone else. And so, you know, everybody talks about physical, you know, when it comes to the self-defense world, everybody talks about learning physical fighting, you know, how to throw a punch, kick and all of that good stuff. We talk about tools, whether it's guns, knives, coubatons, mace, a whole slew of other things. Um, but really and truly, that's the hardware, right? Whether you're talking about our hands and fists or a gun, that's the hardware. I've, I've forever contended that the most important piece in my mind is the software and what do we mean by software well you were given a brain that which resides behind that hard cranium of yours is what you should be employing more often than not and certainly long before it gets to the point where you need to use a gun and so what are we talking about with, with, our, with, our, with our brains? Well, we're talking about mindset. I just mentioned that. Do you even have the capable capabilities of taking another life? You should really think about that before you get a gun for self-defense purposes. Uh, and then, you know, you need to get some training and do some things to develop a never quit mindset. Uh, you're not ever going to give up until you can't fight anymore if you ever find yourself in those situations. So mindset is really key and probably the most important piece of the software. But, you know, we're also uh, talking about things like becoming more situationally, situationally aware, practicing good uh, situational awareness when you're out in public avoiding you know that we've talked about the dark alleys and not going to the gas station or the atm at night after dark by yourself uh learning some verbal de-escalation skills you know do you know how to talk to somebody without enraging them further maybe you can talk them down off the cliff um i think setting up especially for the ladies and and men too setting up not only setting up but also learning how to enforce your personal boundaries that you set set for yourself and then lastly and you know very important and not just for women but for men too is listening to to your intuition if if your sixth sense if your spidey senses you know spider-man tingling um if if your intuition is telling you something might be sketchy or there's a bad person up ahead or whatever uh listen and avoid it you may offend them temporarily, but who cares? If you feel unsafe, get yourself to a safe place. So when we talk about software, there's all these tools in your head, in your brain, that you should become work to become good at or better at long before a physical tool, hardware, piece of hardware comes into play. And, you know, I, I want to, if you take nothing else away from this podcast, I want you to realize that things do not happen the way they do in the movies and on TV. Let me say that again. Sorry to burst some of your bubbles, possibly, but things do not happen like they do in movies or on TV. And we're talking about in the context of firearms of guns, right? Um, guns don't always kill. Um, 
you know, gunshots don't knock you 10 feet back through the air and down. That's not how it happens. Uh, multiple shots on target, even if you place good shots, may not work. Um, even some headshots uh, may not work in all cases. Um, shooting someone to hurt them, as I mentioned a little while ago, shooting someone to hurt them is not the purpose of the gun. So if you think that's going to be your standard practice, your approach when and if the time comes, don't go in there with that because that's a legal uh, issue in and of itself. Um, and that's something that we're going to talk about as well. There's also this other fallacy that, <clears throat> you know, you need good training because if you're not trained, you won't know how to respond. And that's true. But just thinking through scenarios and figuring out how you would deal with different situations puts you ahead of the next person that hasn't given anything an ounce of thought. But there is this fallacy that says when you're put under stress, the reason why you want to train is so that you'll rise to your level of training. That is completely false. If you went to a physical training like Krav Maga, like I've been through, or some other martial arts, and you performed at your absolute best in class, and you went to class two or three times a week, which is minimum, right? And you were performing 100%, every technique, everything that was thrown at you, you did it 100%. I mean, you were a rock star in class. If someone attacked you on the street or in your personal life, whatever that looks like, um, you're probably only going to rise to about 60 to 70% of your training abilities because when under stress with the dump of all the chemicals, which we won't go into today, you're going to be lucky to remember half of what you've learned. And, you know, there's some other physical things that you go under. In addition to the chemical responses, there's auditory exclusion. You lose at least in part, some of your hearing. You develop tunnel vision and you lose your fine motor skills, right? Your body just kind of shuts down and all the blood goes to the center to kind of help keep you going, right? And so you lose all these fine things that you normally have, your hearing, your vision, and your fine motor skills. And then some say that your IQ drops significantly in those situations as well. So you're not going to rise to your level of training. You're going to rise to some sub part to that, some sub percentage of that. And that's why training is so important so that when something does happen, you perform better than you would otherwise. Um, you know, and, and that brings me to the training piece. Again, we talked about not just knowing how to use the tool, but when to use the tool. So, you know, as far as training goes, are you seeking out professionally tr professional training, especially again, if you've purchased a firearm or think you have a firearm or are going to get a firearm for self-defense purposes? Are you seeking professional help? Uh, not only do you need to learn the basics of the firearm, but you need to learn how to handle that firearm safe, safely first and foremost. Uh, are you going to shoot regularly and not just keeping a gun in the house and maybe taking it out every six to 12 months or 18 months? You know, owning a gun doesn't do you any good. You got to use that gun and use it regularly. And when you do go shoot, uh, hopefully, if you're getting professional training, it's, you know, it's what you're doing. So uh, the the training for self-defense is going to come a part of that training. But when you go to the range, you know, you don't want to just be shooting at a piece of paper. You want to 
go online, learn some shooting skills, take some targets, uh, make it a point to practice something that's improving your overall skills and ability each and every time you go to the range. And look, you should be shooting on your own, not including just the professional training that you find for yourself. If you plan on carrying for self-defense purposes, you need to be training a minimum of once a month and honestly you need to be going once every two weeks and if you can get ammo and afford it i'd say go once a week Um, again because carrying a gun owning a gun whether it's in your car your house or on your person um you know you have a responsibility to be better than anybody else with that firearm because if it if you're called upon to use it you want to be sure you know what you're doing with it because again it's not like movies and tv um with that being said given the current times you know going to the fire the firing range uh, the gun range in your area may be limited due to covid And, you know, there's (laughs) obviously it seems to be a pretty massive ammo shortage uh, at current. Now, that's not always the case. And I'm sure, too, that this will come to pass again like it has in the past. But, you know, dry firing something that you can be doing on your home, in your home, on your own and do so for free. Make sure your firearms free and clear of ammo. Leave it in a completely separate room. Almost, uh, actually, is a better policy. Uh, you should be doing that when you clean it too. Just put the live ammo in a completely separate room, and you can practice most every aspect of shooting doing dry fire, sight picture, sight alignment. If you don't know what those two things are, or how they're different, that tells me you need training. You see what I'm saying? Uh, you know, not all f- gun ranges even allow you to draw from concealment or from holster. So you can be working on that, working on your trigger pull. Obviously, if you elect to carry in some kind of funky uh, holster or belly band or bra holster or in a purse, this is your opportunity. Dry firing in the privacy of your own home is not only free, but allows you to practice some things that depending on the gun range that you have in your area, you might be able to do that you couldn't normally do. And so, you know, not having ammo, yeah, it sucks not to be able to go to the gun range, but it's not an excuse not to stay as sharp as you can, and dry firing helps that. Okay, with all that being said, that's all training with the tool, right? Learning how to use the gun safely, getting it figured out, shooting regularly, and seeking out professional training. Now, let's talk about the win and some other training you absolutely should get for yourself. Legal. For your state and any local laws that you have, you need to learn your state laws. Now, do you have to know everything and become a lawyer? No. But you need to seek out that information, read it online, ask a friend. Uh, In a lot of cases, when you go to get professional training, sometimes those classes will include a legal element. Because knowing the basics of legal will tell you a lot, if nothing else, when and when you cannot use a firearm in defense of yourself. Um, You'll learn that just simply saying, I feared for my life is not really going to cut it. And that's another fallacy I'll dispel right here. You know, I'm hopeful that you've heard all these things before now or you've given it some thought before now. But if not, that's another fallacy I want to tell you which is why you need to get the legal knowledge in addition to the shooting knowledge so seek out some legal Um, do you have to pay a lawyer to have them spout law to you no 
but you need to ideally find professional training that includes some aspect of legal or you just need to go online and look at laws for your state. Um, laws here in Georgia are different than they are in Texas or different than they are in California. So it's important you know the law for where you are. And if you travel a lot, it's important that you know the laws for those states that you are traveling to frequently. Florida's laws are different than Georgia's laws, for example. And the other part of training, the other type of training that you should absolutely seek, and I think everybody needs this training, is some basic first aid and basic trauma you know there's a program out now called stop the bleed that will teach you very easily and simply with some simple gear that you can get for yourself and build a kit how you can save a life by stopping severe bleeding hemorrhaging Um, severe bleeding is the number one cause of preventable death in trauma cases and we all can do something about that so basic first aid and trauma care i'm always on board with and would encourage you to get for yourself to seek out for yourself and look the last point that i want to leave you on is when you get a gun uh, that doesn't mean you get to stop following all other good personal safety practices uh, like you you don't get to stop avoiding the bad places, right? You don't get to stop locking your doors to your house at night. You're not looking for trouble just because you're carrying a gun. You don't want to invite trouble just because you're carrying a gun, because now that you're carrying a gun, like I've already said, your responsibilities go way high. You know, Spider-Man's uncle said it best, right? Uh, With great power comes great responsibility. And much like learning to fight, once you learn how to fight, you realize you don't want to be in a fight. Um, The same with carrying a gun. When you're carrying a gun, you should be working extra diligently to avoid conflict and to avoid situations. So again, that's where that situational awareness and staying alert and avoiding comes into play. So, you know, we've talked about how a gun is not the key to your personal safety. So what are some keys to your personal safety? And, you know, with that being said, any tool, you know, your personal safety does not end at the purchase, at the point of purchase of some tool, whatever it is, gun, knife, mace, kubaton, thing with pointy ears on it to stab in someone's faces, which is another reason why you need to know legalities in your area, because a lot of those cool, interesting tools are not even illegal, kind of like brass knuckles, right? Um So what are the keys to your personal safety? Well, I think first and foremost, like we've talked about today, is mindset. Having a never-quit attitude and figuring out ahead of time whether or not you can do what's going to be required of you to do when and if something gets to the point where you need to employ deadly force. Uh, Second, and I think most important, is training. You know, If you're looking to use a tool like a gun, you absolutely need that. You should get some physical self-defense training. Uh, And again, the legal aspects and the first aid trauma are, I think, an absolute necessity as well. Uh, You need to keep practicing. Whatever it is you elect to do for yourself, you need to practice and practice regularly. Um, You need to stay situationally aware. And, av- and keep avoiding things as best as possible, right? Just the basics. And, you know, for yourself, when you're sitting at home and not outside the house where things can go wrong, you want to take some time to 
think through scenarios, think through crazy things, someone kicking down the front door of your house, whatever it is, someone approaches you at the grocery store parking lot, whatever it is, and think, how would I respond to this? What am I going to do when that situation comes? Just thinking through those scenarios will put you miles ahead of the next person. And then lastly, and I'll leave you on this, is the last thing you need to do is make sure those around you, especially your family, have a plan and know what to do. So with that, I hope you've had some takeaways from today. I'm sure you have if you've listened all the way through. Um, hope you had some takeaways. And if you like what you're hearing here at the Self-Initiative Project Podcast, We'd love it if you told your friends and family and give us that five-star review when you give them the opportunity. And with that, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening.